This week on the Out of Thumbs Cabal, we'll be discussing the launch of Space Base DF9, a game Chris and I worked on, made by Chris's employer, Double Fine, and guest of the show, J.P. LeBreton. And we'll be talking about Steve Gaynor's new podcast, Tone Control, where he interviews all of his friends in the games industry and talks about how good their games are. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Quadrilateral Cowboy, the digital lesbian remake of the film Midnight Cowboy. It's October 15th, 2013. This is Idle Thumbs 128, a pod blast. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. And this is going to be a short one this week. Um, we're going to do some reader mail and uh, probably keep it um, to not much more than that. Uh, we're all pretty tired, I think. Um, Why are you so tired, Chris? What have you been working on? Uh, <laughs> Jake and I technically <laughs> shipped a game today. That's cool. Um, Space Base DF9 came out by Double Fine Productions, which uh, I did the music for, and Jake did the UI for, and we made the website together for it. Yep. But it will continue to come out in tiny it little pieces to be for a long time. For, for a while. Yeah. 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 It's cool. in alpha right now. You can get it early access. And if you need That's a... SpaceBaseDF9.com, a good website. Slash... Buy? Slash if you buy. want to buy it. Oh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, you can just go to spacebase.com. With all of Spacebase's connections to Idle Thumbs, I would have expected a wizard URL to be attached. Oh, to that, but, I'll, I'll add but, that in. But I guess that's right. You will. Um, <laughs> and also, if you're <laughs> if you're if you're hankering for a full length pod, uh, our good friend Steve. Mm. If you want two hours <laughs> of us talking to Steve Gator, <laughs> Steve put out a a new I guess series called Tone Control, which is him going around talking to game developers about how. You sort of develop mm, games. Develop and well, <laughs> thanks. That's that's top notch, Chris. That's that's good. You, his, your face turned into basically He's a Muppet, Muppet face. face. Right. That was <laughs> just just it just became like you just became just Grover, Grover yeah. watching yeah. me step in a poop. What that does was, a smug Muppet look like? Yeah. <laughs> Picture that. Find out on Tone Control, the new yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. But that's at idlethumbs.net slash tone control, and it should be coming out every other week and. Steve talks to us first week, but then real people um, in later episodes, such as Neil Druckmann, who will be uh, in episode two. He was the creative director on The Last, Last of, of Us. Right. Yeah. Yes. And then it's Craig Hubbard, who is the writer and director of No One Lives Forever. And then a mystery guest, something. Steve's being coy, but you can probably guess. Claire Danes. That it's Claire H. Danes. Um <laughs> Who rolls down a hill in the savannah? In Far yeah, Cry 2. She's known for that. It's weird. Yes. Um, <laughs> Claire Homeland Danes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's Tone Control. It's an interview series by Steve. It's. I was going to say, I, I was immediately just going to say, it's really cool, which is stupid because Sean and I are the first guests because Steve wanted it's to really kick it cool. off with someone he knows. Nick says it's cool. Yeah. The upcoming episodes are also really good. It's going to be good stuff. Um, idlethumbs.net slash tone control. Did you listen to it? No. Okay. God, no. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Burn. Sick burn. I would say that him. it's grand stuff, but that's okay. I'm um, sure it's good. Should we read some mail from reader mails? Yeah, yeah. let's read some mail from, <clears throat> from them, the readers. Them, the readers. I thought you said reader Nels. Let's read some mail from reader Nels. <laughs> um, Austin Light would like to know. What's up with random last-minute narrative choices in games? Sean's recent experience with the random ending of Batman reminded me to ask you guys about this. Um, in Bastion, Mark of the Ninja, Batman, and a bunch of other games, 
You're presented with a narrative choice in the final moments, even though you didn't really have a say in the story until then. What's up with that? Well, I'll give the player control of the story when they haven't really had it the whole game. Uh, they're all mechanically dense games. They're filled with so much choice in gameplay. What weapon loadout do I choose? How do I approach these enemies? What upgrade do I buy next? That I'm totally fine with the story running on its own. I didn't come to any of those games to direct the story, especially Batman. He's Batman. What are they going to do? Kill him and end the character? I feel like throwing in narrative choice at the last minute kills momentum and yanks the player out of a story they were happily participating in as an audience member. I guess it all boils down to endings are hard. Game stories have a weird obsession with providing absolute closure. It's such a thing in games, the desire for closure, that I wonder if it paralyzes some developers. Presented with a, a potential fork in the narrative, they let the player decide so they don't have to. I thought the endings of The Walking Dead and The Last of Us showed a lot of constraint. Just enough closure, just enough ambiguity, and both stories were better for it. The former... <laughs> Before, sorry, Sean just did a dunking motion. It was good. Uh, the former was a game based on narrative choice, the latter on gameplay choice. Um, but I don't see, I don't think those are mutually exclusive. See Mass Effect or The Witcher. Anyway, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work, Austin Light. It's definitely a thing. I don't if, like it just because it feels it's it feels like it fucks up the pace of a bunch of design choices. And mechanical choices that have already been made. Yeah. So it's like you kind of get right. into the rhythm. That stuff's of, already set in stone. Like yeah, it's you get, the whole game you played is done. Right. I mean, it's, if Batman at every hour said, make a crazy narrative choice mm-hmm. and the story is going to continue, I that's the thing that people actually forget is that the choice isn't interesting unless the story can just keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think that's a good point because yeah, I feel like the, yeah. the, sens- the sensation I often get from this particular. Um, I don't know, trope, I suppose, is that it feels like it's trying to retroactively assign meaning to things you previously did. You know, like it's by, it's sort of saying like, this is your character's like defining choice. Like this is the thing, like the thing they do now is the thing that ultimately determines like how they'll be remembered and like what their legacy is. Right. But it's completely blind to like the eight hours of other stuff you've done before then. So like at that point, what do you, you know, it's, it's it's really wrestling with does the, the sort of, previous i guess kind of binary which is there is one ending that is defined or the game tries to synthesize meaning out of your mechanical choices and then tell you what that what ending you deserve i guess right or is this is now sort of splitting the difference and saying what ending do you think you deserve right but i don't know it's it's a it's it's a weird thing mm-hmm. i have no i have no conclusion to that i mean i, I the problem the problem is like the issue i should say not the problem is so just caked in a bunch of bad choices that I think have been made and yet with game endings like forever I'm just since they had yeah. stories I mean, that the were worth of, having like, the good endings stuff like that I've yeah that's what I'm saying kind of right so if you're coming from that like if the if the tree of this is growing from the seed of that where mm-hmm. it's like oh I got the good ending I got the bad ending right yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it's also just because like it feels like games at their dictionary level or something that you're supposed to play to win or something like that. Mm-hmm. So then, I mean, that concept is completely like, doesn't, that doesn't exist in, in narrative media really of like, I mean, there's like comedies and tragedies, I guess, but they're deterministic and that they're headed towards a certain place. I like the idea that you can choose if your game if you get to the very end of a game and then it asks, is this a comedy or a tragedy? <laughs> and the then- problem is I make that choice up front. Or I'm just like, well, I'm yeah, a fucking right. crazy person. Or, oh, no, yeah, I'm playing yeah. this game seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the game, either everyone dies through poisoning or everyone gets married. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what I was getting at right. when I Thanks said the idea of, like, trying to assign retroactive meaning. Right. You know, where it's like, 
now declare yeah, what all of that meant. You know, so weird. Like, it's not. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I also don't think you should make design choices that instantly remind your player that they're playing a video game. Uh, if they ostensibly were supposed to be like had the suspension of disbelief. Well, all of the mechanics throughout sort of go to the point that you stop noticing that you're doing them. If the game is successful, it just sort of becomes what your brain just, right. It just disappears, it dissolves into the game, but then for that to pop up at the end. Especially the Batman games, because everything about those games mechanically is about make is about empowering you to play as this as this hero. Batman. As this Batman. You know what's funny actually about Batman? <laughs> yes. I had a moment you know like when you <laughs> <laughs> You know when somebody says the same word over and over again? Batman. Oh, like in the theme song to Batman? Like, na 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 Batman? Yeah. But they say Batman a lot, too. But you know just any word. Batman. They say Batman. Batman. Oh, that's how they end up. They say Batman. Yeah. I cannot I cannot. No, no, please, please finish your thought. I don't know what's funny about Batman. I had that moment, like if you hear somebody say the same, like like waffle, like waffle, waffle, like if like oh the guy kept waffling, I don't know, I couldn't figure it out. He's waffling, like oh my, if he says that again, right, I'm just gonna yeah, start yeah. laughing because uh-huh. it's like it's crawled inside and found that funny place. I was watching The Dark Knight, and Christian Bale just said, with all like complete earnestness, like gravitas, Gotham needs the Batman, and I just <laughs> fuck, I just started laughing. And I've seen this movie 15, 20 times, maybe. Really? I watch it seriously. Fucking, yeah, it's just one of those movies I put on. Wow, I put okay. it on all the time. Uh-huh. Um, I really like the soundtrack, uh-huh. and it's just um, I have like three movies that are sure. all yeah, yeah. six out of tens that yeah, just yeah, get yeah. put on all the time. Yeah, it's a and for the first time in probably fifteen viewings, oh, I just started so laughing, it. and I was laying in bed this like two in the morning. Watching it on my iPad, like rocking back and forth, like laughing, and I was like, "He has to call himself Batman." Yeah, Batman, Batman, Batman. My whole life, Batman, Batman. My whole life, I've been a Batman. My whole like since I was five. <laughs> my whole life, I've been a no, Batman. Seriously, since I was like five years old. Basically, I remember my dad went on a long trip, so, and my mom was like, "We're gonna, I'm gonna get." A VHS copy of Michael Keaton's Batman, which is way too scary for you to watch. We're gonna watch it together, <laughs> and I was just like Ren and Stimpy eyes the whole time. So happy. You mean you had like boils and like boils and, and little stuff. hairs coming yeah, out of yeah, those yeah, boils? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he said it in a way that finally made your brain unpack the crack. Word. Right. Batman. You're like, oh no, four years. Oh, no. Batman, Batman just came spiraling Batman. out in a right, fucking exactly. tempest. Batman. The it's like the, slowly, the ending yeah. of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or it just tumbled yeah. and shattered on the ground. Exactly. Yeah. And then oh. Batman's limp went away. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Wayne flew away in his bat it said plane. Anyway. I'm just imagining in your mind all the different like men who have played ba- all the different mans who have played Batman like running around like Adam West with a bomb like, running around in your head. <laughs> every like Batman like swirling in a like, Batman, 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 Batman. Batman. Oh. Also, it was Spider-Man like it was weird because yeah. it was like this brief like Spider-Man. the only thing I could Spider-Man. it was like being Superman. on a hallucinogenic. Where I saw everything through a cer- like fifteen like, degrees shit. to the right, yeah. and I went like, uh-huh. "Whoa!" It's like the Batman cabal. You like, yes, cabal. I cracked the nut of the Batman cabal. <laughs> yeah, but I saw Christian Bale as Christian Bale <laughs> say the words, <laughs> right, right. Gotham Just needs Batman on a roof. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
a set to that girl. <laughs> a, a group your name, I can't. Maggie Gyllenhaal. You saw them like the real life audio of it, where there's just, the wind is Gotham. <laughs> Batman. Like, and then it was just sort of like, he's like really, can we right. not, is there anything else I could say? Like, like can I say he needs him? It's like when you say he Darth needs Vader a hero. James Earl Jones. God, somebody. I, I think we've talked about this for half a second, but there's, <sighs> a, there's, there's a shot. Oh God, it's so good. There's a shot in Star Wars A New Hope where Darth Vader <sighs> turns to the camera and the light flashes through the eyes of his mask for a second to yeah. the point that the, the guy's face inside the oh, mask really? gets <laughs> brighter for like 10 <laughs> frames. Uh-huh. It's right around the time Obi-Wan dies in A New uh-huh. Hope. And you just go, oh, there's a guy there. And Darth Vader is ruined forever. God, if you find that, just watch that stuff when, when Obi-Wan gets killed. Mom, and there's it, a guy in there. It's so stupid. Just I thought looks, he was a robot. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's what, it's not that. It's the I know, just, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's puppet. The, it's it's a suspension of disbelief. Yeah, it's so weird that there's just like a just like oh, sad. Oh, a man sort of who like was paid to dress up and then come to a fake spaceship. Yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> it's a zipper on Godzilla. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's, oh, God. it's just anyway. That's I guess what we think about random last minute choices in games. <laughs> we said real stuff in there, yeah, and yeah. then we learned what's funny about. And then Batman. we blow out the mics for five minutes. Yeah. All right, Batman. Oh, Batman. Did any of that make sense? I'm really tired. No, it totally made yeah. sense. Okay. Um, You've ruined Batman okay. for me. <laughs> Bella Torpy writes, Hi, Thumbs. Love the pods. I hope you keep casting them for a long time. Mm. I didn't... <laughs> Jesus, Sean. You're, <laughs> you're dismal today. Uh, I didn't have an Xbox 360. After one. Batman was crushed for Sean, nothing That's true. Yeah, it's yeah, nothing it's all over. The world has lost its sheen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> As I wiped the last laugh tear from my eye, I said, I have to quit Idle Thumbs. What did you say, laugh tear? Was yeah. that like a... Is that like a... It's like, it's like a tear that's from laughing. Is that what that is? I don't... I, Put that together myself with two words that I figured everybody. But you're would like, have I wiped the last left here out of my eye. <laughs> it just it's, it sounds like a you know <laughs> like a legitimate portmanteau yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah, whatever. Like a portmanteau, yeah. It's not. Um. All right. Anyway. Oh, so this guy loves the pods. Um. I didn't have an Xbox 360 when Splunky came out on XBLA. When it came out on Steam, I was days away from abandoning my PC and moving to uni with nothing but a Chromebook. It's a rough life. Because of this, I've never played Spelunky, but I've watched hours and hours of other people play it through the Explorers Club. Tom Francis, Anthony Birch, and Chris are the three main guys I follow. Oh, oh. you're wow. new though. Sick I don't. Burn. I didn't even know you were doing Nick it. Brecken. Are you tweeting about that? <laughs> no, I'm not tweeting. So um, wow. I feel like I might be doing a weird thing by following the Explorers Club and not playing Spelunky at all. I've also kept watching competitive Dota matches, even though I haven't played in months at this point. Do you guys have anything interesting to say about this way of consuming games? I don't remember what my opinion on this was when we talked about it probably a couple months ago. But at this point, I think that I completely love that games as a spectator event exists. Like, I'm fully yeah, you're into, into it. it. I love it. Yeah, me too. You were into it. I Which mean. is weird because yeah. I don't really spectate games that much. But, like, the fact that people are finding enough entertainment in, like, regimented spelunky play that they can watch it the way that someone would watch tennis or something. Yeah. We, yeah. I think you – I mean, it's one of those things where – People use, like, video on the internet in, like, almost, like, medicinal ways sometimes where you're just like, I just need something to just relax and I don't want to watch a whole thing. And it's, like, it's so formal to, like, go pitch a, pick a movie and I have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think there's yeah. something about, like, yeah. the, uh, I don't know, the repetitiveness yeah, of yeah. It that people respond to. Because it also has moments of surprise. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. It's totally unpredictable. It's cool. Yeah. Video games are cool. It's interesting. I, um, I, yeah, I think that was a really good, I like what you said about internet video in that way. Um, 
This is now Chris's <laughs> Batman shattering moment. I don't have any. I don't have any like particularly impressive thoughts on this, but I've definitely found myself doing the same thing uh, with various games. Like actually, the the reason I started playing Spelunky was because I watched a bunch of those Explorers Club videos. Um, I I played it a couple times. Obviously, I I'd, I'd loaded it up a bit, but I didn't really get into it until uh, I saw those, and it was so interesting because people that game in particular. Uh, has such different things that can happen in it. And people of different skill levels end up just playing different games. Like, they end up playing totally different games. Like, physically, they'll play different levels because if, you know, if you aren't past a certain point of competence, like I'm not, you know, you're not even going to see the end of the game. And it's just a different thing. It's like the game where you die in the jungle a lot. Uh, but until then, like, crazy things still happen. Um, and I would imagine, especially if you don't play it at all, that must just be a crazy thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Where it's like some people have this whole interesting arc that happens over like 10 minutes, then you watch the next person's and they have a crazy interesting arc that lasts for like an hour mm-hmm. and is a totally different thing. Like different things. Happen. I saw a video, Tom Francis linked a video of a guy who beats the entire game of Spelunky in five minutes and 17 seconds. Oh yeah, I watched that too. Yeah. It was terrifying. I mean, it was scary. It's like a guy's doing this right now. Like as you're watching, he did it, I think live, I think he did it on Twitch. Yeah, he did. He was like responding yeah, to people he's like, I guess that was chat. pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It was good like run. totally nuts. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Because it, 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 it's this thing that I've played a whole lot of times and it just reframes it in a completely different right. context. I'm like every single instinct I would have right now is completely different mm-hmm. from every instinct he has. And it's not even that he's doing it right because he's just not even trying to get like items or anything. He's just trying to bypass everything as fast as he just possibly can. Exit, yeah. um, ah, it's just fascinating. It's just interesting to observe. <clears throat> games are weird like that because they have those elements – like sports is like that too in a lot of ways. Right. I was just um, say that. Games are weird because they're you can just sit down at your computer and that can just happen. It's right. weird. It's super weird. I watch a lot of sports and I'm depressed. Hmm. I just like I will watch like four baseball games in a day if yeah. I'm mm. working on something and having a hard time with it. And I think in, in streaming video games is tickles the same yeah. sensor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't mean to be down about it, but I'll Too definitely far. like yeah. curl up with one. Oh yes, because I don't know what's going to happen, but it's I know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Sure. There's something about that that's really there's like a too. framework with the rules will be obeyed. And yeah, like yeah. Rules. But then yeah, every yeah, once yeah. in a while, something transcendent happens, and it's like yeah, which is readjust the, your brain for seconds. Like, right. Yeah. But it's only transcend, transcendent in the context of all the other time. Sure. The guy's not going to like it's blast into a rocket safe. ship right. and then go, end up in space. What? It's safe. It's comforting. Yeah. Because you know what's going to happen, but you don't know. I don't know, something about that. It's like watching somebody play an instrument or something. Still, you don't know. You don't know. They could fuck up. They could. Yeah, but you could, they could do a little thing. They could fuck up in a sport yeah. or a game. They yeah, could but do they could like... Thing. Yeah, yeah. A little improvisation. Yeah. It's completely different to me than watching music. Sorry, I don't know why I had to felt the need to say that to you. <laughs> me personally. When I watch people I mean, play like, music, I'm like yeah. enraptured. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, like, ensorcelled. I mean, like, music videos because I, on YouTube or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. People are just playing instruments. Like, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same it's way funny, that, like, actually, Let's Play the is. Thing, the yeah. version of this Sorry. that I actually do probably... like a busker. That, <laughs> no, no, no. The no. version of that for me that I do that's probably similar to what you're busker. talking about <laughs> with sports <laughs> is uh, I will get in a, in a phase where, I'm, where I will home in on a particular artist and just watch, like, every live performance of them I can find on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like... Every single one, and so it's the same. You know, it's the same yeah, set I mean, of yeah. material. Um, so I, it like, and they probably didn't fuck up, or they wouldn't have. And then you're like, oh, that's the that same one. solo that you, you know, played it two gigs prior. Um, 
I don't. That's not usually a thing that bothers me or that I care about. That's like, all you obsess over. Chris. But uh, but uh, it's like there's always these little things that are different, and it's mm-hmm. like those are cool to have your brain kind of like spark on for a bit. But like in general, it's this basically the same material. Like right. you've, you've heard it before. Um, I really love it. I got into a huge like week long episode of that with Queen a couple weeks ago where I just watched like every single Queen performance that exists on the internet like oddly at least that's on YouTube it was mm-hmm. absurd um, just shit like that yeah when I was making a website I was just constantly watching Queen anyway uh, interesting weird mailbag yeah personal insights right yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the Alabama's personal bag <clears throat> yeah David Thatcher writes uh, Dear Thumbs, regarding your discussion of alpha funding and community feedback, Spelunky did actually go through the same kind of revision process as Minecraft or Binding of Isaac. Derek Yu put a build-up of the game on the TickSource forums in December 2008. An enthusiastic community formed around it and suggested tweaks and features. Most of the really deep, hidden stuff in the game was actually added over the course of those revisions, and a lot of it probably came from people suggesting things they thought would be cool. None of those early builds are still online, sadly. Peace and Wizards, David Thatcher. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's a good Spelunky fact. Yeah, I like mm. that fact. Also, it's kind of actually a bummer hearing that ending with, and none of those builds are online anymore, because that would actually be kind of fascinating to check out. I know, yeah. 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 Or Crazy at least a YouTube perspective of that. Spelunky-esque archaeological yeah. dig. God, yeah, if he had been doing, if he had like a time lapse of those builds, that would be awesome. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's the kind of thing that Brendan Chung is able to do. Yeah. Like, I didn't have time to watch this because we were launching a video game today, but apparently he did. Mm, yeah, he's live been live streaming quadrilateral cowboy, cowboy development. As, awesome. Like, he just does a couple hours a day on Twitch now where he just is just streaming his computer as he makes God, the That's game. crazy. I've, I didn't know he did that every day. I got to look at yeah, some of those. I, I it's it's a recent development, I think. Cool. That's awesome. What an really interesting cool. thing to do. Hmm. Good guy. I like that guy. Um, Johnny Red writes Greetings. While listening to some of the older podcasts, I came across a very interesting tidbit. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Steve Hotscoop's Gainer verbally expressed the original idea, which would eventually become Gone Home, immortalized on the Idle Thumbs podcast 11 Extremes. There is lots of interesting talk about exploring small spaces through the first half of the podcast, then the wheel in his head starts turning around to a 30-minute mark, and then he links the timestamped YouTube video. Um, then the full idea at 3120. I would just like to see a game that was like, hey, we sort of simulated an apartment or a house or something, and you can interact with everything that was there. I was blown away IGN.com to hear this so casually mentioned on the podcast. Never before have I heard such a small concept briefly mentioned in conversation come to fruition as a fully realized game years later. It makes me wonder if other games were conceived in similar ways. Anyway, great work. Congrats to Jake and Sean on the new company. Also, congrats, Nick. I like Nick. Cheers, guys. Johnny. There's no reason for that to be in this episode other than I thought it was sweet that Idle Thumbs once again sneaks predicted in. Itself. Um, predicted itself. Yeah. Predicted, its, predicted its own fucking bullshit years in advance. Um, no, that's cool. It's actually um, the game. The first game I worked on at Double Fine, the cave, was a Ron Gilbert game, and the concept of the cave, which was like a bunch of characters sort of descending in this weird, self-aware cave in search of their deepest desire, is an idea that Ron Gilbert had thirty years ago, before he made Maniac Mansion, and just kind of never made until he got to Double Fine, like in two thousand. You know, I guess they, uh, you know, whenever he started there in like two thousand ten or whatever. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Like he, there was he. He said he got, he was telling me he got an email from a friend that he worked with, like in his pre LucasArts days, like in the you know eighties. Who he, I, I don't think had kept up with really over the years. And he got an email from this guy. He was like, "That's that game that you like drew the sketch of in your like at your desk in like nineteen eighty six or whatever. Like that's the thing you were gonna make." And he's like, "Yeah, that's the game." Crazy. How crazy is that? That idea is, is older than I am. 
The game that I worked on with Ron Gilbert is an idea that he had before I was born. Weird. That's like <laughs> seriously, no. That really, like, that really adjusted my thinking about the notion of like what a career is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like what a, what like ideas are and like right. the concept of a professional career. Like that's that's crazy. That's amazing. I don't know. Think of all the unborn babies who are going to make your ideas. <laughs> Gross. I don't. That's, I don't. <laughs> you framed this in a way that makes me. It makes it no longer like a wondrous, fascinating thing. And now it's Sorry. just weird. <laughs> didn't mean to. Didn't mean to take that from you. That's okay, Sean. Sorry. I don't know. I thought that was a weird thing. Yeah, that's cool. Uh. Hmm. Let's see. Um, Jordan. Whoa, A1CUHL Jordan N TMDE technician writes, "Hey, Thamarians. Hmm. Uh, so how do you think virtual reality uh, would will affect the realism of video games in terms of the age old controversy between game violence and aggressive behavior?" Uh, Example: <laughs> A sixteen year old kid who's very perceptive and easily uh, tends towards violent behavior, hereditary perhaps plays Grand Theft Auto 8 on the future VR helmet and decides that killing people in that game feels good while doing so. Do you believe it will get to the point where VR gaming won't be allowed if the consumer takes a physiological test and has a profile on record before being able to use one? Um, P.S. I'm sure you guys have noticed, but it is very hard to hear a couple of you during the podcast. Maybe move closer to your microphone so I can hear you better. Thanks. Please keep up the great show slash work. I've actually heard that from a few people recently. Apparently our mix is a little I'll bit funky. To, yeah, so. I'll, I'll adjust that. Apparently. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, think, I made that shudder because it really bothers me to think about. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty gross. <clears throat> I get overstimulated as it is, but I don't want to slip into old man territory either. Yeah, There's going to be an entire generation of people who play games while I'm still in the business, suppose, like probably, that I just don't understand. And I'm just going to be okay with that and be curious about it and not cry. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see the new... like? VR um, glasses from Jerry Ellsworth, who was like fired from Valve, I guess, like a yeah. while ago. Um, but now, oh she's, no, yeah, yeah, I heard about but, like, that. Like she launched team a Kickstarter, leaving. yeah, and uh, being fired. It was her and like one other guy, this guy Rick from also from Valve, who's the so- like she's the hardware side, uh-huh. and this other guy's the software side. And so she's like building the glasses themselves, and, like doing the crazy camera projection stuff, mm-hmm. and then he's doing like the. I guess like the drivers and API. Related they things. seem intense though. It's like a weird. Yeah, no, they seem like they really know what they're doing. <laughs> it does stuff very differently than the Oculus Rift, yeah. which is Oculus Rift is the really classic VR headset style where it's just there is a flat screen inside of your inside of an headset. enclosed yeah. headset, whereas this looks like it's called Castar. I think it's Cast AR. Yeah, but it's funny to me that it's Castar. Oh, it's like the Ape Extreme 2005 <laughs> reference. Um, yeah, it's it's got. Like two tiny polarized projectors affixed to the glasses, and it can project out into the world. Correct? Like on yeah. The, the idea surfaces. is that it looks like the like chess in Star Wars, like in the original Star Wars movie. Like yeah, you know, right, Chewbacca see a and C three PO play chess on the spaceship. And the like, way cast they are works though is it projects just onto a flat surface, but your eyes see it. It's there. Yeah, it's three D. Right, right. It doesn't. Yeah, only the person wearing the glasses sees that projection. It, it right. seems like it's a combination of sort of Oculus Rift style VR stuff plus like the like 
when those guys were doing like wacky Wii Remote head tracking stuff a few yeah. years back, where like you kind of you move your head and then what's projected on the surface moves in 3D, so that it all appears to your brain as if there's some degree of perspective. Well, what? instead of recording this podcast right now, we uh-huh. could be at O'Reilly's Irish Pub uh, in Green on Green Street. Actually using it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they had like right a now? yeah, like right this second they had That's like hilarious. a <laughs> like a sweet Kickstarter kickoff huh. thing hmm. with the glasses there. Then, it looks like they also have an attachment you can clip over the glasses that turns it into because it just I think it looks, the projector stuff then just goes onto yeah. screens uh, that are right next to your eyes, so it also can do the rift can style do the just thing. Full, but yeah, it, full enclosure. Yeah. It seems really cool. I saw. Um, mm-hmm. Bennett Foddy tweeted about it saying it was the first time he'd used... Bennett Foddy is the guy who made Quop and uh, Pole Riders. He tweeted saying it was it was different enough from Oculus Rift that it didn't make him feel weirdly woozy, which he apparently is mm-hmm. an issue for some people with the Oculus Rift, but just because, I guess, I don't know what the hell is, it is about it, but it, it's... It was cool to see people just doing a completely different paradigm yeah. as far as how yeah, to yeah, do totally. uh, a headset work uh, thing. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can actually see the wearer's eyes most of the time makes it way less weird than the Oculus Rift. Wearing this yeah, crazy like it, cyberpunk it device. Like, it still looks like a cyberpunk device, but, yeah, it, looks but like, it looks like the ones that, like the Wily Inventor wears did instead we, of the bad guy. Did we ever <laughs> talk? Like, so we talk, you, oh, Chris I've talked, talked about, about, about being in a bar and seeing oh, a big God. guy with the Oculus but yeah, this, yeah. In this oh. version, when the person comes out of the virtual world, they look at you wild-eyed and then they're projecting their imagery onto your body <laughs> right. instead which is just as fucking weird but it's a, it's just a different cyberpunk stereotype yeah mm-hmm. yeah um i'm curious to see what well, the interesting thing about this is it seems like the way they're they're pitching it seems to be a lot more oriented towards like turn your board game into like a crazy thing you know like because of the nature like, of the thing it's like augmented reality is the thing they're pushing more than the virtual reality side, you know, where it's adding things to the actual world you're looking at with your real eyes. Because one of the things that they are pairing it with is what looked like a rollout tabletop, yeah. like a rollout like uh, tablecloth yeah. mat thing that has pressure sensors or some sort of other spatial sensors inside of it so that you it's can RF, set... It's RFID oh, is that how it tags works? in the base of the models of the game you're playing. Like they, wow. It comes with little like circular okay, so RFID things. You don't need, it's not, it's not necessarily used for tabletop games exclusively, but the idea... No, is no, but that's one of the things they're You doing. could have objects that sit on somewhere on the XY coordinates of that mat and the glasses would know where they are and could project other things around those yeah, objects like that you then see in 3D. Stats could hover next to them and like... So they you could conceivably just ways. set a flat token down and it could project a 3D character. Like right. a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It seems like interesting. Like a me. I like that it's uh, anchored in the real world. I think that's cool. That's kind of a weird thing to say, but I don't know. I'm like, going to buy Pokemon before I go on my trip. Are you? Yeah. For your Nintendo 3Ds? Yep. Got a 3D in that thing. I, it's so dumb to talk about. I think it's really good. The 3D. I find the 3D yeah. really fun. The 3D I'm sure there totally... are games where the 3D it makes you hate it, but Luigi's Mansion and Mario 3D Land are both. Fun I really like 3D. it a lot. Um, I think it adds a lot to the experience. Yeah. I think we kind of dodged around that guy's question, but it is a. It is a oh yeah, I don't really about. know. It's yeah. so hard to say, right? right? Like it's just really. I don't. I wouldn't. I mean, it's like it's definitely an interesting train of thought for sure. You know, like it's it's. It's a, it's a powerfully suggestive train of thought in that you could totally imagine that being a thing, but also I don't I'm not a deep enough I'm not a student of psychology to the point that I would be able to. Yeah, it's it's a thing it that scares me. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember I have this specific memory of 
playing the Ninja Turtles game for NES or something for like four straight hours and then just like going crazy with like just the fake like karate moves and my mom I remember just I distinctly remember her saying like you've been playing all those video games and now you're just doing your violence stuff you're just being a violent kid I told you you're gonna be a violent kid and she would like play that game with so me. I punched her <laughs> right? yeah. that's literally the same as kids watching cowboy shows though like, I know that's exactly know. the same yeah it's it's it doesn't it's not you there's no scale you like, didn't steal kids are shitty a knife kids are and, so shitty yeah you can go back to like cops and robbers and but I have been punched by a to, like, kid whatever you want to talk about yeah so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I this, know. They're just animals. I like the the way you phrase it. I've been punched <laughs> by a kid so much. <laughs> Suggest that it might be a particular kid. <laughs> What's the next email? <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Kids are yeah. Babies are cool. Next email. Kids, are they? Babies next can email be fucking cool. From, uh, kids are shit. It's from Johnny, age eight. Uh, he writes. Tell Sean to shut the fuck up, or next time he comes over, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Signed, love the podcast. Fuck Nick, Johnny. Wow, with a backwards letter in his name. Yep, that that one N of them. That backwards H. J O H N L. Oh, lowercase. Sorry, I was thinking about uppercase. He wrote it all. P.S. I love that Ninja Turtles game. When can I play it again? My mom says I can't play it anymore. Let's get her. I'll meet you in the cybernetic virtual chat room. <laughs> um, let's see. The palace. <clears throat> that sounds like a thing. It is. Casey Sears writes, Thummers. Um, I opened... Thummers! I opened the App Store on my Mac to update some software, and I was delighted to see Gone Home on the front page. This was a while ago. Um... Maybe it's still there. I don't know. Um, I clicked on the game and found this humorous review. Um, it says, The review says, I can't remember how many Bibles I found discarded in the bottom of a drawer. The entire program portrays rock music as evil, leading to poor choices in life such as drugs and sexual preferences. I don't want to play a game with prejudiced preaching as its core priority and purpose. I really want my money back so it doesn't support this closed-minded mentality propaganda. Shame on you, iTunes. The message is so blatant. The game is deviant in nature, spying on family members' personal locked belongings. I want a refund for false representation. The game is nothing like what you advertised. Who is responsible for proving this on iTunes? Did that employee even review the game? Uh, by Respectful Mom. Respectful. My question is, do you think Respectful Mom is uh, someone who completely didn't get it is entitled to a refund? If it were a sorry, this my phone is not displaying this very well. If it were a boxed game, she could easily return it. Now it's hers in the cloud forever, and she could download it again if she wanted to for the foreseeable future. I don't think people are entitled to anything, but at the same time, it's weird because I know Steve. Yeah. If that woman emailed me personally uh-huh. and said that to her, I would say, "Man, do you have a minute to get on the phone?" Because I'd be, I'm so curious. To, I gotta, well, like, I want to dig. I'm I want to cur- scratch a little. I want to scratch this too, a little bit. Because the thing that's so interesting about this review, and then I would, inst- I would totally give her her money back. She must have played a decent amount of the game. Well, yeah, I would give her her money back up front but as like payment to get her on the phone and how, figure out what's going on. here. I'm fascinated by her like moral stance. She, are you? Are I know. You that's why I want to talk to her. Are you wondering really, about why she doesn't bring up the sexuality stuff? She, she said sexual does. preferences. She, said, she just mentions oh, yeah. the existence sexual choices. of sexual preferences. Yeah. 
But it's like I I love that she interprets the game as portraying rock music as evil. Like she thinks the game is putting a negative – is like deliberately saying rock music is bad because oh, then wow. drugs happen. God, I didn't catch right. Whereas well, in her mind, like no, rock music is great. Right. Why would you claim that it leads to drugs and but sexual But it's still amoral to be sneaking around somebody's right. house. Right, and that's it's interesting, right. too. Like, that's it an put, interesting perspective. I know. You've got to get this lady on the horn. This is in life. Yeah. I, I mean, and then what I would the, do, but it's 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 yeah. selfish. It's not like I think she's entitled to something. I would give her her refund. And then she says and then the I message would, yeah. is so blatant, which is like, <laughs> I actually can't figure out what message you think the game is sending. Because because you, I feel like if you took half a sentence from this, you'd be like, oh, I see. I can, like, extrapolate that person's views. Wait a Then you read the second half of the sentence and you're like, wait a second. What? Like – what does this mean? It's such an interesting collection of bizarre opinions. That's why you got to talk to her. You got to just. There's probably no way to get a hold of her. No, I'm trying to. No, there's no it's way. It's an iTunes review. Also, it's really hard to refund that person because I don't think you can actually issue a refund. Oh my god, I would send card. her a fucking check in the mail. <laughs> but I, I mean, you ha- how do you get that person's contact information? I think. I mean, after can't. I was if I was able to make contact with respectful mom. Yeah. I find that the respectful moms are hard to make contact with in my day to day life. <laughs> That's. Do you, looking for respectful moms in your area? <laughs> I find respectful moms are the hardest to get. Like, what? All right. Uh, we have another email that Jake flagged, but I feel like we've already read this email. Oh, I guess- did we? Did, did we flag the email where the person said Pikmin 2 multiplayer is the best thing and they could watch the stream forever? Yeah. Okay, then we don't need to read it's it It's called again. being around you. <laughs> Someone wrote in and talked about that. It was a while ago. I just didn't – I wasn't sure – if someone talked about how good Pikmin 2 multiplayer is and how they want to watch more streams of it. But I guess we already, we've already... So I'm heard. not really familiar with Pikmin. Could you give me the rundown? Mm. So you're this alien and you have, um, a you have a spaceship and it crashed and you're trying to get back home. You want to like reassemble your spaceship from yeah. parts? Um, there's bugs. It's like Gone Home? Yes. You're trying to Gone Home. <laughs> E.T. E-T gone, gone Home. home. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, and that concludes the dumbest episode of all films <laughs> ever committed to tape. I don't know if that's true. There's some shitty. No, there was that Joe that Pesci blast. <laughs> that's true. When we figured out Nick was the white Joe Pesci. Oh, the be- the best episode of Idle Thumbs ever is the one where I come on the microphone and say there is no uh, Idle Thumbs this week, and then it was over. So we've beat that by having. Maybe we haven't beat it by. Having- <laughs> maybe that <laughs> should have been this one. Maybe. maybe <laughs> Who knows? If you have a question for idlethumbs.net, write us at questions at idlethumbs.net. If you thought this was great for some reason, please review us on <laughs> iTunes. But maybe give us a few weeks before you do that. If you're a respectful mom who would like to share your opinions <laughs> on this episode of Idle Thumbs, please review us on iTunes. Uh, we don't issue refunds. Because this podcast is free. How many moms do you think listen to Idle Thumbs? Probably at least a couple, right? Over Reason- under 10. My birthday is in eight months. <laughs> cool. Happy dishonored birthday, Sean to Sean Vanderman. Wait a minute. Happy a week before dishonored Halloween. Happy week before dishonored uh, Halloween. God damn it. We're almost at the one year anniversary of the first dishonored Halloween. Uh, they just started celebrating Halloween last year uh, in dishonored world. 
because Corvo brought it to them. Corvo. That was the, that's how the that's how the <laughs> game Halloween. that's how the game ends. Yeah. Corvo yeah, discovers Corvo Halloween yeah. inside of one of the many bodies. I give you this, that he Halloween created. isn't Halloween next year or ne- not until next week. That's why he wears what? that mask. Yeah. Yeah. Game of the year edition. <laughs> that's why he wears that the mask. That started the tradition of them wearing masks. Oh, oh man! And jumping off rooftops and right. stabbing people and that asking for candy. That game of the year trailer yeah. starts with trick or treat. Nice mask. <laughs> nice mask. <laughs> Yeah. Nice mask said by the mom. Yes. My hope is... By the mom. Who are you? It's a nice, nice mask. mask. No, it's a nice oh. mask. It's a nice Corvo mask. Do you want three musketeers? <laughs> Do you want to dishonor two dishonor musketeers? Yes, I do. <laughs> so, if you're just discovering idle thumbs it's via bullshit. tone control this week, yeah. that is our quality pre-roll. Go back one year and learn about the etymology of the Dishonored jokes. Go back one Earth year <laughs> to learn about what the year of Dishonored has been like. Go back one Dishonored year, which is 51 weeks. Wow. Oh, my God. I don't know if this is gone.